0: Sun close to the earth, fire in the earth. What does this conjure up for you? If you're one of the many thousands who are being directly affected by the wildfires burning in so many places at the moment, you are experiencing the implications of this firsthand. We'll look at some of the meanings associated with this in terms of this Kib time frame after I welcome you to episode 37 of Navigating the Energies of Life, a podcast that looks at how the energies of the Maya calendar are at work in the world and how they apply to daily lives. This is Marguerite Paquin continuing with this podcast to accompany my horoscope blog that tracks the days of this calendar as always we're working here with a calendrical system that has at its core 20 solar-based energies working in tandem with 13 unique numerical powers to create a cycle of 260 days that involves the interconnecting of these energies to create a count of days referred to in Yucatec Maya as a Zolcan. And, since I'll also be referring to the Aztec here, known as the Poali to the Aztec. Within this 260-day cycle, there are 20 tresinas or groups of 13 days, each of which has a particular theme or special set of energies that flow through. Currently, we're in the Kib tresina, which began on Thursday, August the 12th. To give us some kind of an idea of what kind of energies we're working with in terms of any given tracina, ancient Mesoamerican scholars provided clues in their drawings of patron energies associated with these tracinas. And these records show us that this period was overseen by the canine deity known as Xolotl the twin to the sky-oriented, feathered serpent, Quetzalcoatl. Another deity, known to the Aztec as Tlaljitonachia, representing the setting sun, was also associated with this time frame. Metaphorically, this is about the sun's journey through the underworld, and its struggle towards rebirth. It's all about transmutation, pushing towards the restoration of order. Gelato, who often carries a torch to show his connection with fire, is symbolic of a number of important ideas tied in with what is happening now. Including fire close to the earth, like the setting sun, and twinness or duality, or the idea of conjoined things. You can see an image of him in my blog. So you might ask, what happens when there is fire close to the earth? Well, there's fire, of course. And we have a lot of that going on right now. With some 270 wildfires burning in BC right now and smoke in the air and an eerie orange glow in the sky at night, it is unsettling, unnerving to say the least. And this is just one of many places on planet Earth that is currently experiencing such conditions. And in the context of this, a great deal is changing quickly. People are having to evacuate. Many are losing their homes. Huge swaths of land are being transformed. And sometimes that fire close to the earth idea takes the form of major conflict and strong pushes towards transformation, like what's going on right now in Afghanistan. Often this requires people to leap into action instantly to deal with whatever is required. As in this current situation where people are now scrambling to evacuate from Kabul and other areas as the Taliban sweep through and seize power. And yesterday, August the 14th, at about 8:30 in the morning, there was a catastrophic 7.2 earthquake in Haiti that has killed and injured thousands, a stronger quake even than in 2010, and in a country that is already in considerable political turmoil after the recent assassination of their president. Not a great deal of assistance is being provided on the part of the government with regard to overall rescue and humanitarian needs, And to boot, it seems that a major storm is taking shape in that region. So much of this is becoming a do-it-yourself situation for the survivors. Very, very hard to fathom. All of this is in line with the idea of the classic struggle to maintain equilibrium during this period which can often play out in highly dramatic ways. We are now within shouting distance of the 20th Gregorian anniversary of that horrific day in 2001, when two planes struck those twin towers in New York City and sent them crumbling to the ground. I remember at the time being amazed by the so-called coincidence of that happening on the sixth day of this twin-oriented Trisina, which happened to be in place at that time. The shockwaves of all that are still reverberating 20 years later, and not only shockwaves but specifically, Maya calendar energy reverberations going all the way back to 2001. As it was for Kawak, which is today's storm related energy, in 2001, when the commander of the Northern Alliance in Afghanistan, an anti Taliban coalition, was assassinated by al-Qaeda operatives. The killing of that commander, who was a master of guerrilla warfare known as the Lion of the Panjshir, dealt a serious blow to the anti-Taliban resistance movement. Terrorism experts believe that it was that assassination that assured Osama bin Laden protection by the Taliban after the 9-11 attacks. One referred to that assassination as the curtain-raiser for the attacks on New York City and Washington, D.C., which happened two days later. And it was not only the Twin Towers that was hit, but also the Pentagon. Through this and other things, as we make our way through this current Kib Trisina, we're seeing some stark examples of dualities, that idea of conjoined things, as in events from the past coming back to haunt us as the next chapters begin to unfold. This is a little scary, so hang on. The Dracaena began on one kib on August 12th, which was an initiating energy associated with that transmutation force that can lead towards the restoration of order. This is a kind of energy that can pinpoint things that need to be cleaned up or fixed up so that movement can be directed towards restoring order. It's an energy that can even prod or even force people to think differently. And this is one time in history when people really need to take a long, hard look at things that have happened in the past and are happening right now in order to open their perspectives on reality and face truths so that they can gain a clearer view of what has happened, why it has happened, and what needs to be done to change things. We have some unprecedented opportunities right now to look at the past and reflect on it, and to think deeply about the implications of past actions. Let's keep in mind that in Maya mythology, Keebe is represented by the vulture, which is often associated with the idea of purification. It was often seen as a kind of ecological cleaner, a wind-borne purifier, the ultimate recycler. So this Trisina begins with the initiation of that energy and its influence filters through the rest of the Tristina as it works in tandem with the other days looking back four cycles to 2018 we see that this was the energy in place when the un's intergovernmental panel on climate change released a report produced by 90 scientists from around the world with the message that an unprecedented political commitment was needed to slash the use of coal, oil, and natural gas and to rapidly deploy technology that can remove carbon dioxide from the air. The report came in with a warning that this was, quote-unquote, the final call. The most extensive warning yet on the risks of global warming and the need to limit that warming to no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. They said at that time that to do so, would require rapid, far-reaching and unprecedented changes in all aspects of society, and that unless that was adhered to, the consequences would be dire. Unprecedented rains, the melting of Arctic ice, the possibilities that entire low-lying nations would have to move, and that many ecosystems would become more vulnerable. Some even referred to the report as an obituary for the Earth. That was four cycles ago, in October of 2018. At that time, they warned that we have until approximately 2030 to mobilize a complete conversion from fossil fuels to green energy, or we risk dangerously destabilizing Earth's climate. So they gave us 12 years at that time, but then Along came the dumpster and his campaign against science and scientists. But over the past three years, we have seen that the science was not only correct, but that the situation is even more dire than thought. As we are now at the point where evidence of the destabilizing of Earth's climate is all around us as seen in the droughts the wildfires the record-breaking heat waves the devastating floods in a number of places the ice melts and on and on i was just talking about the earthquake in haiti a very very grim situation particularly for a country that was already in a deeply desperate state even before the quake but this provides a reminder of another event that happened early in this same Trescina on the first day actually in 1906 that was the massive San Francisco earthquake that killed over 3,000 people and left over 250,000 people homeless. It was horrific, and it instantaneously changed the lives of huge numbers of people. It began at 5.12 a.m. on a one-kib morning, just as one kibbe was coming into place. Hundreds of buildings tumbled. Cracks opened up in the earth and devastating fires broke out everywhere. This destroyed over 80% of the city, over 500 square blocks, and people were pushed to instantaneously find ways to deal with the situation. But in addition to the immediate action that was required, there were long-range implications. Ultimately, this led to the building of a whole new infrastructure for the city, which transmuted into a vast improvement over the haphazard foundations that had been there previously. To boot, as a result of that massive catastrophe, scientists learned a great deal about earthquakes and fault lines and many other things related to natural disasters, that are used for reference even today this is a classic example of actions that were put towards restoring order that led overall to a much much improved state of being hopefully something like this will eventually happen in haiti since the need for restructuring on seemingly Every level is so great. So, what is happening at this time on multiple levels is that we are all being given opportunities to look at catastrophic events that have taken place in the past so that we can assess them, see the issues that led up to them, and make the changes that are so desperately needed in order to build a better world. With that in mind, let's look at the pandemic. And we can see that the second day of this to which was to Caban, which is oriented around Earth movement, this is two days ago, marks two cycles, that's 520 days since the hair on fire day in early March of last year, when the Director General of the World Health Organization declared a global pandemic over the coronavirus and called for governments to take quote-unquote urgent action since a number of countries were confirming that cases of the coronavirus were spreading. At a briefing in Geneva, he said that the World Health Organization was "...deeply concerned by the alarming levels of spread and severity of the outbreak." And he also expressed concern about the alarming levels of inaction. Some countries, such as Italy, ordered the closure of all stores except for food stores and pharmacies. Also, no events, not even weddings or funerals. By this time, there were almost 13,000 cases recorded in Italy. In the US, at that time, there were just over 1,100 known cases as of that date, and it was becoming clear that there was a gross failure of leadership in terms of addressing what to do about it. David Litt, who used to write speeches for President Obama, warned, even way back then, that his careful analysis of what the dumpster was saying indicated that, quote, he's gonna get everyone killed. The following day, everything started shutting down. That was three at Snub, the activation of flint, a knife-edged energy that can bring sudden change, as it did yesterday with that devastating earthquake in Haiti. When this came into place in 2020, 30 states in the US declared states of emergency Broadway closed, Disneyland and Walt Disney World closed, the NHL suspended its season, conferences and concerts were postponed, colleges and school districts shut down across the country, and cruise ships began suspending global operations. The same things were going on in many other countries. While this was happening, the staller in chief in the White House, who would later become the super-spreader-in-Chief, was telling state governors to deal with getting critical supplies themselves. Despite the fact that there was a huge call for the federal government to organize a system for the widespread provision of critically needed supplies, including hospital beds, ventilators, and PPE. The denier-in-chief even told journalist Bob Woodward that his first instinct was to play down the coronavirus, dragging his feet and pretending that it wasn't happening, even though much of the rest of the world was springing into action. Indeed, before this tracena was over at that time, which is March of 2020, Australia, New Zealand, France, and Italy had all announced nationwide shutdowns of all non-essential services. Schools closed down in the UK, cities in India were put under curfew for assessment, and several states, such as Nevada and California, decided to just get on with it and began imposing mandatory restrictions on their own. On that day, Julian Borger, the world affairs editor for the UK's Guardian, wrote a scathing article pointing out how the dumpster was the worst person imaginable to hold the position of US president in the face of a pandemic. And although the dumpster did declare a national emergency the following day, there was very little follow-up and one month after that declaration there were over 585,000 cases registered in the US. By contrast and again this is a tricina where contrasts can become quite vivid. The last time This tricina was in place, which was late last November and into early December, just after the presidential election in the US. All the states where the election results were disputed were sending back reports, often after second and third recounts, to verify that Joe Biden had won the 2020 election. And Joe and his team were already making plans as to how to deal with the rapidly escalating pandemic crisis. The contrast was striking. Unfortunately, despite the enormous amount of effort to get people to follow safety regulations and to get people vaccinated in the U.S. over the past cycle, the numbers in that regard are still much lower than hoped. What with all the efforts on the part of the dumpster and his cronies to subvert the election results and the ongoing efforts to promulgate the big lie, far too many people have refused to be part of the solution. How many times have we seen safety regulations being ignored. Far too many have chosen to ignore the truth, including the truth about the pandemic and its impact on human life. So now, in many states, the numbers are absolutely staggering. Over 37 million cases registered in the U.S., with hospital systems in several states breaking down and a fourth wave of the coronavirus skyrocketing, primarily targeting the unvaccinated, including much younger patients, many of whom have lost their lives. Federal data shows this to be the worst surge yet, And still, the number of people who have been fully vaccinated in the U.S. is only just over 50%. And perhaps one of the biggest problems is the issue of people not grasping the notion of personal responsibility in this regard, along the lines of If you're not contributing towards the solution, then you're part of the problem. With the global number of cases, the global number now at over 206 million, it's anyone's guess how things will stand by next spring when this tricina is next due to come back. At this point, I think one of the most astonishing things is the pace at which people seem to think they can just go back to normal, as if the past two cycles didn't even happen. Looking at the 10th day of this time frame, we can see a good example of this. That will be Maya date 10 Chikchan, which comes in on August 21st. That's a burner day that can translate as foundational life force or liberation. And it can be quite intense. That's the day when New York will be hosting a We Love New York City homecoming concert in Central Park. Quite honestly, I don't understand it. After two cycles of this, now over 520 days, with the coronavirus numbers again rising rapidly in New York State, with thousands of new cases being registered every day there and in so many other states, and so many still unvaccinated, with New York already registering over Two and a quarter million, that's a million cases. Why do people think this is a good idea? I should also mention that ten chikchan is a seesaw kind of force that represents a balancing between death, which is the number ten, and life, which is chikchan. So, The choices made at this time can be highly consequential. That sounds to me like way too much of a high-wire act. And no doubt, many, many people are going to pay a hefty, hefty price for it. That is exactly what happened the last time these energies were in place, last November. This tracena, presented a kind of test period where people had an opportunity to step up and be responsible. But huge numbers of people did not follow through. Instead, they crammed themselves into airports and planes and carried on with Thanksgiving as usual. And for hundreds of thousands in the U.S., that ended up being their very last Thanksgiving. What will it take to get people to pluck up the courage to do the right thing for long-term gain instead of the wrong thing for short-term gratification? And speaking of the consequences for actions, I noted in the horoscope blog that the second day of this time frame, which was last Friday, brought an important marker day in the Gregorian calendar. That was the 500th anniversary of the fall of Tenochtitlan, the Aztec capital that became known as Mexico City. Mexico is not celebrating this at this time, but it is being commemorated in different ways. In Mexico City's Zocalo Square, ceremonies were conducted by members of Mexico's indigenous population and Mexico's President, López Obrador, formally remembered the fall of this once powerful nation and apologized to the victims of what he called the catastrophe caused by the Spanish military occupation of Mesoamerica and the territory of the current Mexican Republic. He identified the conquest and colonization as, quote, signs of backwardness, not of civilization, less of justice." As he has done many times before, when he has repeatedly blamed colonial-era abuses as being the source of inequalities and corruption in Mexico, All through this, Trisina, they're putting on a sound and light show in the Zocalo called Memoria Luminosa, Luminous Memory, that projects images onto a one-third scale replica of the Templo Mayor that was recently constructed in the square, highlighting 500 years of culture and history the templo mayor known to the aztec as the Huel teocalli was originally the largest temple in tenochtitlan and it was devoted to Huitzilopochtli, the deity associated with the sun and war and to tlaloc the god of rain and agriculture, each of which had a shrine at the top of the pyramid with separate staircases. It was here that human sacrifice was carried out in order to provide sustenance in the form of blood for the sun so one side of the temple was aligned with war and sacrifice and the other aligned with fertility and growth a highly dramatic representation of duality so what they've done is they've recreated this as a backdrop for this light show And as cool as it is to see the great feathered serpent wrap itself around this structure in the context of the show, there's also something more than a little unnerving about it. To see this kind of high-tech flash being projected onto a reproduction of a structure that was sacred to the Aztec and also famous for human sacrifice and bloodshed, some of which, by the way, is depicted in the production. I've added a link to this in the podcast post in case you wanna check it out and form your own opinion. These are just my thoughts. This day, representing 500 years since the fall of Tenochtitlan also marks 500 years after the end of intense conflict that took place before that, including a 93-day siege. This fall came not at the hands of the Spanish alone. They were assisted by thousands of indigenous enemies of the Aztecs. In addition, according to Carlo Viesca, a medical historian at Mexico's National Autonomous University, at least 150,000 of the city's 300,000 inhabitants at that time probably died before the Spaniards were able to re-enter the city. They'd actually been kicked out earlier, so this siege was a new assault. But when they did return, according to the accounts of one Spaniard, they were walking on corpses. In the end, Viesca says, the last Aztec emperor had few troops with the strength left to fight. And much of this death had been caused by smallpox that was introduced into the population by the Spanish. So a lot of the conquest was done via disease. We've heard this story before with regard to Indigenous nations as a result of contact with Europeans. This is exactly what decimated huge numbers of First Nations the traditional inhabitants of many countries, even without a battle. I also just came across an interesting clip relating to a documentary feature film that was released last year called 499, which starts with a ghostly conquistador waking up and wondering where he was. He then wanders into modern Mexico City and sees present-day people and hears their testimonies and sees a great deal of evidence of contemporary violence. He asks, What happened to my treasure? What became of my glory? The movie looks pretty grim, but it seems very thought-provoking. All along the lines of pointing out, quite starkly, the consequences of human actions and human disregard for life, especially for the lives of those who appear unfamiliar or those who don't belong to some given club or group. That whole deadlier better than thou notion. This is really what this planet is facing right now as we come to grips with the consequences of human actions. We're seeing it on so many levels. We can see it in the sleazy machinations of a former US president and I gag when I even say those words, someone who came into power through the use of trickery and help by foreign influences, who cannot accept his defeat in a free and fair election. Through the progress of the past cycle, that's the last 260 days, we have seen that he and his creepy minions, some of whom are at the helm of state legislatures, would rather let the entire country implode and hundreds of thousands of people die rather than admit to the lunacy that is tearing the country apart. Not only can we see this in terms of political action and non-action, but we can clearly see it in the case and hospitalization numbers in the U.S. and in the death numbers that continue to rapidly rise as the pandemic continues to take its toll while people party on. We can see it in the dreadful stories that are coming out about the horrific abuses imposed upon Indigenous nations, not only in Canada, but worldwide during the colonial era, including the stories of the horrors heaped upon thousands of small children. We can see it in the devastating natural disasters that are going on all around us as a result of human inability, so far at least, to curb the actions that have led to these horrific changes in climate. What the future holds is anyone's guess. But it's not as if we're without options or ideas or avenues to make positive changes. Joe Biden and his team have done an amazing job in the short time that he's been in office, despite the extraordinary challenges that he faced when he took over. Indeed, this key Tresina was the first full Tresina that was in place after the go-ahead was given last November for the transition to formally begin after the verification of the vote counts. In the past, we've seen how this tresina has delivered on things that had once been thought impossible, as when President Obama signed the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act into law in the US on the first day of this tracena in 2010. The last time this tracene opened, which was last November, it was just after the G20 leaders pledged to mobilize resources and funds to support the research, development, manufacturing, and distribution of safe and effective diagnostics, therapeutics, and vaccines to tackle the pandemic, at which time they said that they would spare no effort to ensure affordable and equitable access to these things for all people. This was the Tresina during which they really got down to work after making that pledge. Well, all the G20 leaders except one, of course, who was off playing golf. As before, the work is again cut out for this Trasina, which in addition to the ongoing coronavirus battle includes acting upon findings and recommendations from the 3000 plus page code red for humanity climate change report that was just released exactly exactly 8 cycles after that global climate march of 2015 Dealing with the large number of threats to democracy in the U.S. associated with the dumpster's attempts to subvert election results, with more and more smoking gun evidence of his culpability in that regard coming out almost every day. Dealing with the wildfires and their aftermath in so many places and In other areas, the devastating floods. Another duality, threats from both fire and water. Dealing with the implications of the truths that are coming out with regard to humanitarian abuses, such as those that have so severely impacted First Nations. Dealing with humanitarian crises in places such as Haiti in the aftermath of that huge earthquake. And now Afghanistan after the frightening takeover by the Taliban. Even Joe Biden and his team were taken by surprise with this one as were other world leaders, all of whom are now scrambling to deal with evacuations. The aftermath of this takeover is hard to imagine, but many at the moment, many there, are fearing for their lives. And women and girls in that country are in peril of having to submit to enormous restrictions, or worse, under a regime controlled by this organization. When you think about such things, and we all have to these days, since we're all in this together, the fallback has often been to look for heroes. People to swoop in like Superman and Supergirl and Mighty Mouse to save the day. Fantasy figures for fantasy worlds. But what is really needed is for everyone to step out of their delusions and address the real world, to wake up to the reality that buying into the fantasies of one person or one group can be deadly. The message that that little group of Zapatistas that I mentioned in my horoscope blog is carrying as they take on the task of setting the record straight about the so-called conquest of the Americas. This little group, I think there's about seven of them, decided to mark the 500th anniversary of the fall of Tenochtitlan by sailing eastward across the Atlantic, following the same route that the Spanish took for their westward journey 500 years earlier. Their plan is to symbolically invade Spain to make a statement about colonial and capitalist oppression. Although this is all symbolic, they are receiving a lot of support and it all ties in well with this Trisina's emphasis on setting things right or restoring order. The stated purpose of this eastward journey is to sow life. The complete opposite of the Spanish intent 500 years earlier. And I think it provides a great metaphor for what is needed, something we could all think upon as we work out how we might help and not harm this fragile planet and all who inhabit her before she collapses altogether. As I mentioned in the context of this Trescina last year, George Orwell pointed out in his dystopian novel 1984 that the clocks were striking 13. Born on the last day of this Trescina, Orwell was most definitely a herald, highly representative of his 13 Lamat birth energy and he often pushed people to think differently in order to act differently. But the question of how to think differently is the real issue. If we look back again at 2001, we see that it was 13 Lamat Transformational Leadership, the last day of this tricina, that was in place when President George W. Bush signed into law a joint resolution authorizing the use of force against those responsible for attacking the U.S. on 9-11. This was seen as a legal rationale for taking sweeping measures to combat terrorism, from invading Afghanistan to eavesdropping on U.S. citizens without a court order. So it's all come back to this Trisina again. And what we really need now is cool, clear thinking, so that we can collectively come up with the practical solutions that are needed to get us through this dark underworld era that we're in and back into the light. Fortunately, the Kib Trisina has been known to present opportunities for this kind of thing to happen, even in the context of something that might look like a complete disaster. So we can look forward to seeing what develops in this regard. As always, the various days in this, Tristina, are outlined in my Maya Count of Days Horoscope blog at whitepoppress.ca which can also be accessed through mayacalendararts.com. In addition to the usual listing of the days and their energies, you will see some small hints of things here and there that you might want to tie in with, such as the wearing of protective amulets at the time of China's Hungry Ghost Festival. Small things, but they might help to provide a sense of grounding here and there try as well to hold on to that idea of transmutation which is what we're working through here as always it's all about choices do we want a dark lifeless soulless world run by tyrannical forces or do we want to reach for the light to create a giving care-oriented, expansive, and diverse realm where life can flourish. This is a great time to ponder all that and channel it into action. Back in 2015, at the time of that historic global accord on climate change, then-French President Francois Hollande indicated that we are at a decisive point in time. Six years later, the implications of that are all around us. Let's put our heads down and do everything we can to shake off what has been dragging us down so we can get through this. For anyone who might want a little help from me to work out how to best use your own unique birth energies towards this world-saving cause, feel free to contact me. Contact information is in the websites as well as information on subscribing to the Horoscope blog. One final thought at this time. That little group of Zapatistas from Chiapas is over there in Spain right now. Delivering the message that they were not conquered, that they are still here, resisting, resisting oppression and darkness. Many in the U.S. and elsewhere right now are vigorously pushing back against the darkness that has been threatening for much too long. And battles are being won. It's a hard struggle but they are making headway. Let's all send a message to the universe that we are prepared to do the same. Until next time, be well, keep safe, keep up the good fight. Love to you all.